Welcome to the Sunday Message Podcast of Bethany Church in Fresno, California. We hope this message will encourage and equip you as you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. If today's message helps you, share it with a friend. If you would like to know more about the ministry of Bethany Church, please reach out on Facebook or at BethanyChurchFresno.com. And now, here's this week's message. Well, I'm so happy to, to help out with uh, some of the teaching duties here. And I thank Brent for, for asking me to, to be able to help uh, in our teaching. And so we're going to continue to talk about spiritual disciplines today a little bit. Uh, and one of the spiritual disciplines that we discussed last week was the gift of, of stewardship. And stewardship is really anchored in generosity. It's understanding that everything that we are and everything that we have is a gift from God. And so everything that we have, we're entrusted with that. And so we basically take our life and our resources and we use them in a way that's going to honor God and bring people, as they see us live our life and manage our resources, they see that we really are a part of God's family. And they see how generous and how loving and how kind God actually is because of our actions. Now, we know that that, uh, one of the ways we do that is we have opportunity in your bulletin. You've got a little envelope, and many of you use those. Uh, This church is is very well known for its stewardship, its giving. And we, we thank you as a reflection of God's love to his ministry and to other people. Uh, we have special projects that, that we put before you. And it's amazing how you step up and you say, the resources I have, my life, my time, my talent, my treasure, it all belongs to God. And so I want to encourage you to continue to do that. Uh, if you haven't started giving yet and, and experienced that, that joyful journey, I want to encourage you to start. Uh, start where you are and ask God to make you a generous person. And as you do that, uh, you will experience his blessing. Well, one of the, uh, one of the, uh, the things that we want to talk about this morning is uh, the discipline of, of telling your God story. And that's embedded in the, in the passage that we're talking about today. And we're talking about peacemaking. And a part of that peacemaking journey is the ability to relate to other people your story of how God and you made peace with each other. That's really what salvation is. It's Jesus coming down to earth and making a way to bring you and God back together. And not just you and God back together, but you and all the people that God has created. Not just Christians, but all the people of the planet, God intended to be unified, one, loving, kind, compassionate, caring, forgiving to one another. And so this, this idea of peacemaking is really at the very center, the very heart of who Jesus is, who God is, and who we are called to be as his people. So as Jesus is is continuing to teach here. If you want to open your Bibles or your Bible app, it's in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. And it says this, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons and daughters of God. Right? So, so we as peacemakers are going to be recognized as the people, the sons and daughters of God. Now, um, 
I hate to admit it, but once in a while, in the, in the far distant past, I actually watched a beauty pageant. Anybody ever done that? It was kind of a thing to do way back when. I don't know if, do they still have beauty pageants? I'm not sure. Oh, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, but, you know, one of the, the questions that they always ask the beauty pageant contestants was, you know, what do we really need, right? What do you really want? What's your greatest desire? And, of course, what is it? World peace, right? Uh, it's become a cliché. Right. I mean, what we want is world peace. Now, it's true. It's actually more than a a cliche. It's meant to be more than a cliche. But uh, the reason that we say it so often is because it's necessary. It really is needed. The world hasn't really experienced peace since that situation in the garden where man decided to go against God's way. And then suddenly there was division. Man separated himself from God by his disobedience. And ever since that point, we've seen strife. We've seen the angst that sits very firmly in the world. And so we have this deep understanding. The Bible says that that eternity is actually it is embedded in the heart of mankind. So we have this knowledge, this understanding, this knowing that peace is supposed to be the way it is. And when we don't experience that peace, we have this, this level of unrest in us. And we have this desire for peace. And so Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. Now, when we think about that we need peace, then the opposite of that is we need peace because why? Because there is conflict. Now, the Bible actually spins out for us exactly why we have conflict. Here we go. James chapter 4, verses 1 through 3 says this. What causes fights and quarrels among you? That's the question. Well, James answers it. Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but don't get it. pretty simple. You want something and you don't get it. Doesn't that upset you? When you want something and you don't get it, you're at the restaurant and you're, and you're waiting for the waitress to get to the table. I've been sitting here a long time. See, what do I want? I want to be waited on now. I want something and I don't get it in a timely fashion. That upsets me. It's just a reality. The dog doesn't do what I want it to do. Right? See, I want something, and I'm having trouble communicating to my dog what it is that I want, and that dog doesn't respond right. What happens? I get upset. It happens with kids. It happens with parents. It happens with spouses, periodically, once in a great moon, right? You want something from that person in a certain way, at a certain time, and you don't get it. And it makes you upset. It's, it's a basic idea that it's not rocket science. I mean, I love the way James is, it's almost a laissez-faire thing, you know, it's like, well, you don't, you don't get what you want. And that's the root of the problem. 
And then he goes on. You kill and covet, but you can't have what you want. You quarrel and you fight. You don't have because you don't ask God. And when you ask, you don't receive because you ask with the wrong motives. That you may spend what you get on your pleasures. We talked about generosity just a couple moments ago. Right? This is a tough one. Part of the reason there's not peace in the world, there's a lot of angst, is because when I get the resources that I want to spend on pleasure for myself, right? We ask God, God, give me the resources I need. And then when we get those resources, what do we we do? We immediately start thinking about how we can spend that in a way that's going to feel good for me. We did, we did a little experiment at a church I was at, uh, down at Visalia one time. We ad- adopted a um, what we called a windfall budget for missions. We said, you know, let, let's just try this one year. And what we did is we said, if you get any money, any resources coming your way that you didn't expect, like a rebate that you, you know, totally forgot about, or you, or you won something at the grocery store, you know, you did that tic-tac-toe thing or whatever it is, and, and suddenly you won something, it's, it's like promise or make a covenant that that will immediately go to missions. It's money that you didn't expect, you weren't counting on, you got it, instead of spending it on what you wanted, give it to God. And it was amazing. You know, my, my mom won something for the first time in her life. At the grocery store, I get like five dollars or something like that, you know. And it's like, whoa! What you know? You give it to God, right? You didn't need it, you didn't expect it. Give it away. It was interesting. We doubled our missions budget that year. It was awesome. But what happened with a few people is they they got some resources they weren't expecting, and what did they do? They spent it on something that made them feel good instead of giving it to God. It's really interesting. Even my mother-in-law, she she got some things and then she gave it to mission and then she got something else and then she gave it to mission and then she got something else. It happened three or four times with her. And it was very interesting to see that God saw someone that was responsible with the extra. And I just wonder, you know, do we pray? Do we want things for ourselves so much that we forget that God will give us what we need? What did you say? Don't worry about, you know, what you're going to eat, and what you're going to wear. I'll take care of you. Sometimes we need to understand that the extra, we, we, we need to think in, in terms of how we can bless someone else. Not spend what we get on our pleasures, but take the things that we don't need and bless others in a way that actually shows that God loves them through us. So the cause of conflict is not getting what you want, right? Now, worldly peace is simply trying to eliminate conflict. You know, when you're not at peace with somebody, it doesn't make you feel good, right? And so what you do in a worldly way to to get that peace that you want, normally we distance ourselves from people or things. Right? If we can't seem to come to peace with somebody, what do we do? Well, I'll just not hang around that person anymore. 
I won't call them anymore. I won't have them in my home anymore. Or, you know, I will sell the dog. Right? <laughs> Just saying. Right? What do we do? In, instead of working at the peace the way God wants us to, our, our initial knee-jerk reaction is to just get rid of it. Move aside. This is why we have boundaries for countries. This is why we build walls. This is why we have doors that lock. You see, we, we think that peace is just the absence of conflict, avoiding conflict for selfish reasons. And, and, we, and we use our own... Um, what, what we have at, at hand in order to get that done, and normally it's the use of power to somehow dominate or control somebody, to force submission um, to our, our will, right? Because we want what we want. So the tactics of this world, it's very interesting. In order to make peace, we use conflict. We use power. We use force to make peace. Uh, one of the presidents, many presidents ago, who says, you know, it's peace through strength. Right? We, we, we make peace by having a bigger bomb. We have peace by having a bigger threat, a bigger stick, and periodically using it to make sure that they know we mean business. And see, we get mixed up when we, we start thinking about peacemaking. God has a way of making peace, and it's not the way the world makes peace. Not through force, not through withholding love or attention, not through withholding money or the threat of separation. Uh, We don't do whatever we need to do in order to get what we want. That's not peacemaking. So what is biblical peace? Biblical peace, if you open your Bibles to John chapter 14, Verse 27, it says this, Peace I leave with you. This is Jesus talking. My peace I give you. I don't give it to you as the world gives it. Isn't that interesting? Jesus recognized that there was a way that the world makes peace. He says, I don't do it that way. That's not not the way that I operate. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You see, unfortunately, when believers abdicate their God-given role as a peacemaker the way God wants us to be peacemakers, um, we revert to the worldly way of peacemaking. And that's why the the divorce rate between Christians and non-Christians is indistinguishable. It really is. It's because we've adopted this idea that the way that we make peace is the way the world does it. And we have to understand that there is a dynamic difference between the way Jesus brings peace to a situation than the way the world brings peace to a situation. It's not through separation. It's by doing life the way God desires us to do life that we consider each other more important than ourselves, that we see ourselves as a servant, not a master, that as we see someone who is willing to give instead of always seeking to receive, that we see others' best interests instead of our own. And you know, when we operate like that, 
it's interesting how things change, isn't it? So biblical peace is, is actually allowing Jesus to be our peace. And Jesus shows this, um, biblical peace. Number one, it's making peace with God. Jesus modeled this. He said, you know, there is such conflict in the world, and we've seen that there, there needs to be a response to separation from God. And what is that response? Someone needs to pay the penalty for that sin so that man can be reunited with God, so that peace can once again reign between humans and their creator. And so what does Jesus do? He comes to the earth. Ephesians 2, chapter 13, uh, chapter 2, verses 13 through 15 says this, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one. And he destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with his commandments and regulations. You see, Jesus is my peace. Can you say that with me? Jesus is my peace. See, that's the, that's the secret. Jesus is your peace. It's not having everything you know, buttoned up real tight the way that you wanted it, not things to flow the way you want them to flow, not that person to respond to you the way that you wish they would respond to you. That's not your peace. Your peace is Jesus. It's different. It's a whole different way of thinking. My peace is Jesus. Now, it's Jesus. It's not knowing who Jesus is. It's not understanding where he came from. It, it, it's, it's not all the facts and the details of Jesus. There's a lot of people who know who Jesus is. But do they have Jesus? Okay, it's different, isn't it? To know that Jesus lives in you. He didn't only pay the penalty for your sin. He, he actually... Has, has created a system whereby he invades you and lives in you and is with you all the time, 24-7, forever and ever and ever. Amen. He never leaves you. He's never going to forsake you. He, when, when you mess up again, what does he do? He goes, oh, I'm out of here. No, he doesn't do that. He stays. And he reminds you, that sin is forgiven. It was nailed to the cross with that old man. See, I love you. I'm with you. I'm never going to leave you. I've forgiven you. That's the message that he wants you to know. He is with you. Jesus is your peace. So what does that mean? That means that nothing can make you upset. Nothing can create an unpeaceful scenario why? Because the scenario, the situation, the circumstances is not your peace. Your peace is Jesus. Jesus inside you. And that's why we, we've seen so many uh, situations where you've seen people that remain calm in a very 
very crazy situation. Because why? They understand, they know deep down that Jesus is my peace. It's not this thing getting fixed. So we need to understand that Jesus is our peace. Now, the second thing about being a peacemaker, it's not just making peace with God. And, and, and making peace with God is accepting Jesus, is, is inviting Jesus into your life. If you haven't done that yet, I really encourage you to do that. Just understand that Jesus wants to be your peace. He wants to be that person who comes into your life and says, you are forgiven. Everything that you've ever done that was wrong, everything that you feel bad about yourself, it's been taken away, it's been nailed to the cross, and I will be your peace. I will stand there when you see God face to face, I'm right there with you, and i am got my arm around you saying, it's okay, Dad, he's covered. She's covered. That's the peace. You know without a shadow of a doubt that you can enter into God's presence with confidence because Jesus is with you. He's got you covered, okay? Now, the second thing about being, being a peacemaker is that you, you have become a peacemaker because you are now at peace with God. But the second thing is, this is the, the discipline of telling your God story, right? Assist others in making peace with God. When you just tell your story about how God has forgiven you and how much he's loved you and how much he's done for you and how he continues to give you peace, you're telling your God story. That's it. And so other people who need to come to faith in God, we have an opportunity, a wonderful opportunity to be able to to just tell that story. Isaiah 52 verse 7 says, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, Your God reigns. You know what? Just being able to say, I have peace in the midst of this circumstance. I have peace because God has given me peace. You know, I don't have things, every, everything the way that I would normally desire them as a human being. But you know what? It's okay because Jesus is my peace. And people will go, what? They don't get it. But you can lay it out there and just say, you know, I didn't get it either until I got Jesus. And when I got Jesus, then all of a sudden things cleared up. And I was able to be able to, to live this life in this chaotic world and still have a measure of peace because Jesus is my peace. And then the, the third thing of being a peacemaker is making peace with other people. Now, Ephesians 2, verses 15 through 17, this is a very, very hard verse to, to live out. It says, His purpose was to create in Himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace, and in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which He put to death their hostility. He came and He preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. Now, th- this is, it's, it's nuanced. It, it, it's, it's about the, the Jews and the Gentiles, right? Two different people groups one who were called the children of God, although they weren't living like children of God, right? And then the other people who, the children of God, the chosen, they thought, oh, these guys are pagans, these guys are out, they are they are Gentiles. That was a dirty word for the Jews, right? I mean, they're just awful people. There's us and there's them. 
You know, we still have to admit that we do that. There's an us and them quite often in our lifetime. There are those who agree with us and those who don't. Those who live like us and those who don't. Those who like the things we like and those who don't. It's an us and them. And what Jesus did is he died to show everybody there's no us and them, there's us. God created everybody. And he wants all to come to repentance. He wants everyone to be saved. So Romans 12, 16 through 21 says this, Live in harmony with one another. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. If it's possible, okay, here it comes, people. As far as it depends on you. Right? As far as it depends on you. What does it say? Can you read it? What are you supposed to do? Live at peace. So you have a responsibility. This is Jesus talking. And he's saying, blessed are the peacemakers. He's making a big assumption. If you come to him, he makes peace for you so that you can be made at peace with God. And then he lives in you and he he gives you his Holy Spirit and he expects us to what? To be peacemakers too. And as far as it depends on you, it doesn't depend on anybody else. Well, if you just do your part, we could get this thing fixed. You know what? There's some things that just don't get fixed. Anybody met somebody like that? Yep, I have too. And as far as it depends on me, as much as I can do, I need to do the part of peacemaking. I need to bless those who curse me and say all kinds of bad things about me. And there are people out there who do. I've experienced that. And it is the hard thing to do to say, God bless them. God, as much as it depends upon me, don't let me retaliate. Don't let me slander. Don't let me gossip about that person or that people group or that country or that politician or political stripe. Don't let me do that. Don't let me act or say anything that will cause division. But only what will bring peace. Is that your prayer? See, that's what God wants for us. He wants us all to be peacemakers because he is the peacemaker. Now, the bottom line is that peace takes effort. It takes effort. Hebrews 12, 14 says, Make every effort to live in peace with what? Oh, everybody. It's so exhausting. It is. It can be exhausting. Always being the peacemaker. And yet Jesus says, I will give you the strength and the power to do whatever I call you to do. And what I want you to do is I want you... As much as it depends on you, be the person who brings peace to a situation. Don't make it worse by doing something dumb. All right? 
And Romans 12, 18 again says it. Uh, if possible, as far as it depends on me, I will live at peace with everyone. Now, this is the Apostle Paul who said those words. He said, you see, he just said it to everybody else. As far as it depends on you, you be at peace with everybody. And he says, uh, me too. Me too. Goes for me. And so we need to all be working at this. It takes strength. It, it really is a, 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 a task that we are called to do. And so we're going to read this together, right? Okay. If it is possible, as far as it depends on me, I will live at peace with everyone. Wow. Wow. You know, you can do that. You can. Why? Because God is your strength. Jesus is your peace. Now, the beautiful thing about this whole thing is this, is that the result of being a peacemaker is that you will be blessed. You'll be blessed. And you'll be blessed when you hear someone say, hey, are you Jesus? Because you're acting just like him. Right? I mean, isn't that the ultimate compliment? To, to just say, wow, someone sees in me the characteristic of being a peacemaker like Jesus. That, that's such a blessing, a blessing that you, you, you just, just take it in. And take it as a promise. That when people talk about you, they say, you know what? Um, I know these guys quirks and, and he does, you know, funny stuff. But at the very heart of that person, I can tell that they're at peace with God and they're a peacemaker. They're a peacemaker. So I want to encourage you to, to think about the ways in which you can be a peacemaker this week with your spouse, with your kids, maybe someone you're estranged with, as, long, as much as it depends on you, do what you can to hold out the olive branch and make peace with those so they can see the work that God has done in you. All right? All right, let's pray. God, thank you so much for loving us. Um, wow. Time and time and time and time again, when, when we distance ourselves from you, um, you still are near to us. Um, God, thank you that you continue to be our peace, that we don't have to fear being in God's presence because you have made peace with God on our behalf. God, help us and forgive us for not being peacemakers sometimes, for talking badly about someone or some group or some country or whatever it is that we are upset with. Help us instead to, to turn that inside and recognize that we need to be just be doing what you've done for us, God. So help us enjoy the blessing of having the privilege of being a peacemaker. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Know that God loves you more than you can imagine. And for everything Bethany Church, check out BethanyChurchFresno.com. Thank you.